People respond to real and raw. We are flooded all the time with very fancy looking ads, very expensive looking movies and TV and video and all of this stuff everywhere. But when we see something that's raw and real, like someone's just on their phone on a live, you know, Instagram live or doing stories or something like that, those can be just as effective as paying a videographer thousands of dollars to shoot a video for you. Hi and welcome to another episode of Video Talks, the podcast where we talk to creators and commissioners and everyone in between about the business of video. My name is Andy Greenhouse. I'm a director and a creative director um, and I run a video agency called Swipe, which I never normally talk about, but I kind of thought I'd mention it this time. Um, Yeah, so I love talking to people about their work and this is no exception. If you... uh, haven't subscribed i'd love it if you could uh, give us a subscribe thanks so much for listening Um, but if you could also subscribe that really helps and it means that we can keep episodes coming into your feed if you'd like to connect i'm on linkedin andy greenhouse or on instagram at video talks podcast or andy.greenhouse so This week's episode is an interview with a guy called Daniel Patrick Norton, who is a specialist in repurposing video content. Um, In this interview, there's loads of brilliant advice that he gives businesses. And if you're a creator, there's lots to take away as well. Um, He talks about what exactly repurposing video content is, how he started his YouTube channel from scratch and how he's seen that steadily grow over the last couple of years and why asking questions within your videos is a really good hook for your audience. So let's get into this week's episode with Dan Norton, Run VT. Hi, welcome to uh, Video Talks. I'm really excited to introduce my guest today, Dan Norton. Dan, hi Dan. Hey, how you doing? Good, thanks. Dan is an editor and video repurposing specialist based in New York. We'll dig into exactly what repurposing is in a bit. Uh, After spending 11 years at Disney streaming services, he now co-runs Parent Pacifier with his wife, Amanda, and they help expecting and new parents save time and remove headaches with baby product reviews and parenting tips via their website, parentpacifier.com, and their YouTube channel. Dan's expertise in repurposing video content enables him to help companies and individuals to stretch their video content further. So I'm excited to kind of delve into what exactly video repurposing is, um, how that can help companies, and... uh, and find out more about Dan's work. So Dan, I've given our audience a brief overview of your work. Could you expand a little bit more and explain who you are, what you do, and a bit about your personal life, please? Sure. So yeah, repurposing for me goes all the way back to my first job in the industry. I mean, I was in film school, uh, figuring out what I was going to do, went for video editing, and got a job working for Major League Baseball. 
repurposing highlights in real time. So it wasn't called repurposing then. Um, in fact, they, they would never call it repurposing, but uh, it was called real t- real time highlights. So a you know base uh, a baseball play will happen. Let's say a home run, big highlight or something like that. And my job would be to cut that out of the broadcast and get a thumbnail image, and it would get sent off to get sent to customers of the app or be put on social media or be put on blogs and different things. And essentially, that is the idea of repurposing. And we can get into that more in a little bit. Uh, but that was my first job, and I was there for a while. It became Disney. That's what where I ended up, how I ended up working there, still within this live stream sports industry. Um, but I'm a video guy. I'm a video creator. I love creating video. Um, I love YouTube. I love doing all you know all of that, which is why my wife and I have a YouTube channel, a Parent Pacifier. Yeah, completely different than video. We're talking to parents, um, but it's still creating video and doing those things. Uh, so that's stuff stuff I enjoy. Obviously, we're parents, so I've got a little three year old, and uh, I'm working from home. But that's that's what's exciting about being able to do to do video now, is we could do kind of stuff you could do it from home. Brilliant. Okay, thanks, Dan. This podcast is called Video Talks. So please give our audience an insight of how moving image is working for you and your business. So for me, I I work with entrepreneurs, businesses, uh, anyone who's really creating video and help them turn their video content they've already made into smaller pieces of video, right? Just smaller micro content, bite-sized pieces of video, which is something that works really, really well right now because of the different platforms that exist, something like Instagram, TikTok, uh, even Facebook, LinkedIn, all of these platforms work really well with bite-sized video, small pieces of video. And more and more uh, of these different platforms are doing, even YouTube has these little like shorts or stories that you could be making uh, that are a lot of people watch, a lot of people consume because they you can consume these small pieces of content. Well, if you're already creating a long form piece of content, it can be natural to be able to pull out small pieces of that and use it to grow some other platforms, right? So it doesn't necessarily mean you have to create teasers for your long form stuff because a lot of people do that, right? You have a YouTube video and you want to create a teaser to go and watch it so you'll make it over there. It doesn't have to be that way though either. It could simply be pulling out a tip or uh, a small portion of your long form video or your live stream video and using that to grow your other platforms like Instagram where you're giving value and you're not sending them off to another platform. And that typically that typically is what I end up doing for the majority of my clients is doing that so that they can kind of scale and grow and reach other people on other platforms without having to go and shoot a new video for each one of those or create a whole nother thing. And that's that's what we're basically doing. It's it's not us going and shooting that video. They're kind of doing that themselves already, but going in and re-editing it and turning it into something new and fresh. Cool. Um, so your time um, in the kind of sports, in the baseball scenario and that sort of re- mm-hmm. real-time baseball highlights what uh, at what point did you think hang on a minute this is this, this thing that i do here i could actually do this you know for myself i could form a business um and do it for other people what what was kind of the thought process the entrepreneurial journey there it took a long time i really didn't start doing anything on my own that way until I would say about 2018 
or so. I got that job in 2009. So, uh, and obviously I hadn't been, I wasn't doing any more of the highlights. I had moved up and, and done some different other things. Uh, but the connection was there because as I was trying to figure out what can I do on my own, right? I want to be able to do something myself. It's more possible now to do your own thing, especially in the world of video than it was 10, 15 years ago. There was possibilities, but you can't, you couldn't really work with everyone around the world. You couldn't do these things. It wasn't really something live video or online video was really only for the big high tech companies. I don't even think Facebook live existed for a while during that time and forget what year it came in. Um, so as I'm sitting down and looking like, how do I differentiate myself from every other video editor that's out there? How, how do I help people and serve people in a specific way? Because it's one thing to go like, Hey, I'm a video editor. I can do this for you. Right. I could edit. Um, but what's the difference then between me, you know, and the next editor, you know, what's the difference between me and someone who's affordable overseas, right there? What, what's the differentiator there? And that's where I had been working out, especially with my my video my video coach. Uh, what are just some different ways that I could do this? And that's where I immediately thought about repurposing. A lot of people want to create one piece of content and then find other ways to to put it out there. Well, for me, it was like, well, that's what I've been doing for years. I've been doing that in the sports industry, just not calling it repurposing, but in the you know marketers and a lot of people want to they use this term repurpose, and you can repurpose one piece of content a hundred different ways and do all these different things. And yes, you can. Um, but what I like to focus in on is effective repurposing. It's looking at this piece of content. How can we effectively repurpose it? Not just create a hundred things that do nothing, right? But how can we effectively do that? That's what we do, you know, with the sports highlights, right? Those are effective because people want to see the highlights. If we just repurposed a boring piece of the game, right? Where no one cared about, that wouldn't be effective. Right. If it was just to show a boring piece of a game, just to go and say, go watch the full game, it's not may not necessarily be effective. But if you show a highlight, a strong, you know, play, a home run, some kind of thing, walk off grand slam, that's effective, right? That that gets people watching, consuming more of your content, coming back to you over and over again. That's kind of where I've found that I found that spot, and I was like, well, here is why someone should go to me for this. This is where I kind of coined the term almost repurpose video editor uh, to uh, really focus in on that. Cool. Well, it seems like you, you're doing that very successfully. Um, yeah. So how does, how would uh, that kind of approach, if you, if I was a small business and mm -hmm. I hadn't necessarily, um, I hadn't, really touched video content but i knew that i needed to create it you know because i i i heard that video is where it's at you know mm -hmm. um what do i do to start with and is there is there a kind of a starting point um where i can where i can start doing it effectively on a budget and then use those kind of those tricks maybe use your services um, to help that content, you know, push it out. I don't know if you've got a kind of real life case study example. Sure. Yeah. My go-to is, and, and I always share my, my client, Richard Moore, and I feel comfortable and I'm always able to share his stuff because he always mentions me in his posts. Um, 
I believe the simplest and easiest and best way for any business owner, brand, marketer to get started with video is live video. Because it's easy. You don't have to worry about editing. You're going to make mistakes and you're going to flub and you're going to do all those things, but it's already out there. You don't have to worry because now otherwise you're going to shoot it and you're going to do 5, 10, 15 takes. You're not going to feel comfortable. By the end of it, you're just going to feel like, why I wasted all my time, right? Just go live. And the way that I would do it is just start answering your FAQs, your frequently asked questions. Go with those. Take every time you go live, write down like three to five different questions you're asked all the time. Try to keep them in a theme, something that makes sense to watch that whole video. That gives you one full video, one full piece of content. This is what my client Richard Moore does all every Monday. He goes live and it started out where he was just going live on Facebook answering questions. Now it's grown to where he's built a community and people ask questions. He involves his community before and makes a poll and all this stuff, right? It, that it evolves to that. You start with questions. Now, if you were to think about repurposing, you went live once and answered five questions. Potentially, each one of the answers to those questions could become their own bite-sized video that can now be posted on other platforms or other times during the week for the people that did not sit and watch your, you know, however long, 20-minute, 40-minute, one-hour-long live video of you answering those questions. That is the easiest way to get started. And even if you don't repurpose from the beginning and you just start going live and start asking, answering questions that you know you always get, you now have a library to go back to and start pulling pieces out that you can start doing. This is the easiest way that you could start creating content today because all you got to do is hit that go live button. That's great. Great advice. Um, So what would an FAQ be for you? Well, the the first one is always what what is repurposing? What what is video repurposing? What does that mean? That's always the first one that I get. So for an example, for me, it would be like, all right, I get, you know, what is video repurposing? And then that's where I can go into a very short and brief answer, right? That if you find a way, it takes some time to write down a hook or some way that could get you in. It could also be like, hey, you know what? I always get asked the question, you know, what is video repurposing? You know, and it for me, it simply is, there's a lot of different ways to do it, but there simply is this. You create one long form piece of content and from within that piece of content, you can create multiple pieces of content that are separate from that one piece, right? So that's, that's the way that I, I look at it. It's not uh, just posting the same video everywhere because people do that and it's okay, but you gotta post videos that work on individual platforms. You're not going to post an hour long YouTube video on Instagram and expect people to really sit down and watch it. You got to think about the mindset of where people are when they're on these apps. It'll be so much better if you take your one hour YouTube video and find one tip that you put in there that can work within, let's say, a minute's time frame. And if you're using IGTV, maybe two minutes or so, and you post that it is way more likely that it's going to be consumed by people and way more likely to grow your Instagram by just creating one piece of video once that now you can go in and create separate videos from that without having to go and reshoot. Brilliant. That's great. Um, so if I, I own a business, maybe, maybe the business isn't kind of, maybe I'm not used to being front and center. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, what, what advice would you give somebody, you know, if they're, if, if they're just about to get in front of the camera, um, what are there kind of some practices, best practices 
Yeah. Number one is look into the lens, right? And if you don't know where it is, do like a YouTube video search where the lens is on your phone or on on your uh, computer. Um, I've seen some people who've even, if you, you know, those old uh, little sticky binder tape, they're like little round uh, white tape that you would fix like a loose leaf in your binder. And like if you're in school, sometimes you could take those and put that right around the lens look at it make sure it's not covering the lens but you'll always then it'll always stand out to you or maybe a sticky note with an arrow that says look into the lens <laughs> and think about you're talking to a friend you want to have a conversation if you start to think oh i need to memorize a script i need to say this perfectly i need to look right and all of this stuff a lot of times it just sounds like you're reading a script then it sounds like you're memorizing a script but if you look at the lens and it's hard, as hard as it is you look at the lens and you start to like get to know it like a friend, <laughs> you could feel a little more comfortable looking at the lens as an eye and feel like you're having a conversation. And especially if you're going live, that's, that is the way that I would say to go. So literally I've got to look at the lens and I've got to think of it as a friend. I've yeah. got to think of this thing as I'm just talking to you as my mate like that. Yeah. Like I talk to my mm-hmm. cat, I guess. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Think about the audience on the other side. When you're looking in the lens, you're looking in the eyes of every single person that is going to watch this video. So if you have some perfect customer in mind, or you have a, a friend in mind, or you have someone in mind that you enjoy talking to, you enjoy talking about this subject, but think if you own a business and customers come to you or, or, or leads come to you, prospects come to you, and you would have a normal conversation with them in person. It wouldn't be awkward, right? Or or over the phone or whatever it is. That's how you want to, you know, have that picture in your mind when you're looking in the lens because that's literally what it is. You're putting this in front of new leads, new prospects, new people. Then, so you want to have them have that experience when they're watching you on a video. Always think about their experience. Think about them watching you. It should make it a little easier to understand that as opposed to feeling like I need to be so perfect, like I'm in front of a, a big room. You're A lot of people think of it like, oh, I'm on a stage and you've got, a, you know, if you've got 100 views, you've got 100 people watching you. But those people are not in a big room watching you from far away. What are they doing? They're watching on their phone really close to their face, it's more like a one-on-one conversation than it is you on a stage and people far away. So think about when you're doing your videos as a one-on-one conversation with a prospect, a lead, a customer, a client, whatever it is that you have, however you view uh, who comes to you, that that is the way that I would say to approach getting started with video. And how... Um... What what was the kind of thinking behind the business parent, parent pacifier? Because obviously that's very different to, um, you know, <laughs> what you do as a in your career. Uh, how did that come about? Yeah, so we had become new parents in twenty seventeen, and. I had been thinking for a while. I know I wanted to create video content. I wanted to create a YouTube channel. I wanted to create something for a long time. I couldn't figure out what it would be though. I had this very deep like imposter syndrome when it came to video. I'm like, how can I teach video? You know, I can't talk about Disney. I'm still, you know, I think at the time it was Major League Baseball still, but it was like, you know, I can't talk about those things, right? I'm employed and plus I'm not really teaching anybody any of that. What can I do? I I don't know. Um, 
And the day my son was born, it was, you know, there's like this baby motivation, you know, when you hold your kid for the first time and it's like, okay, I know I need to do something, right? I'm responsible for you. Um, you know, I need to provide for you. And then it's from there, it's figuring out, okay, what can we do? Well, for the first three months, you know, you don't sleep. It's, it's terrible. It's all this hard stuff, right? But you're relying so much on YouTube to figure things out as a new parent. So we're watching a lot of these videos and a lot of videos come up or like boring or they're like these doctors. And I'm like, I want to learn from some other parents or something. And I, we sat back and said, you know what? I think we can make these same videos answering our own questions. And you know, in that we could do some affiliate marketing, doing some of that. Obviously it's not a huge, you know, huge sums of money coming in, but we could do that and build it up and, and see how that goes. So that became my plan at, at, uh, when our son was four months old, we started shooting and launched January 1st, 2018 and, uh, and got started from there from zero, no, no subscribers and on. And, uh, yeah, it's it's been cool. We we haven't posted in a while, but we are planning a relaunch uh coming up at towards the end of this year to start producing some new videos and and leaning more in towards like toddler stuff and uh and and parent connection there. Uh but since taking time off, the channel's still grown and we actually are making money from AdSense coming in and uh still affiliate sales even though we haven't made a video in a while. Our channel went from like 500 subscribers to about 7,000 subscribers without posting a video. So there's the power of video and the power of creating content online Mm. is you could be creating this stuff. And if it's evergreen and if it's got stuff that people can continually go to and continually find, then that can continually serve you, whether it's serving you through, you know, affiliate income or uh, AdSense income, which obviously is not going to be a huge amount, but it could also be serving people coming into your business for years to come because if your video is the one that's showing up when people go on YouTube, then you've got opportunity there. That's where I've found the power of video for us in being able to do that. Now it's leading to a podcast and some other things that we get to do. So it's pretty cool. Well, as you know, um, I spoke to Edie Clark, who is a, a bit of a YouTube kind of guru, isn't she? Um, yes. On episode seventeen and eighteen, we were t- we were talking about the comparison between Facebook and the disposability and the kind of transient nature of of Facebook videos and Instagram videos and you know things that will be there for um, a, a day or two versus, like you say, the evergreen quality of YouTube. It feels like a hurdle for a new business or as somebody, even an established business, I think, you know, having a presence on YouTube, there are those, there are those big ambitions you put up for yourself, but it is about playing the long game, isn't it? What would your, what would your kind of advice be for a new business? Maybe it's starting, you know, um, this year in 2020 in these crazy times, or maybe it's, maybe they've already got something going and they like, they want to create content. Maybe they want to repurpose that content and and take chunks. Um, what's the first step that they should do uh, in towards YouTube? Yeah, so absolutely, I agree. YouTube can be a very big undertaking um, because there's a lot of work that goes into it. But at the same time, if you never get started, when do you get started, right? I I do believe, especially because YouTube is a long game, getting started is more important than waiting for that perfect idea or that perfect, um, 
you know, that perfect time that may never come. Because in getting started, you're learning the process of YouTube and you'll start to figure out what are the different things that I need to do. What's so what's so important and what's maybe not so important? What are some people saying is really important that maybe aren't as important? You are only going to find that out by doing it. And in the reality, too, is you never you never fully know what might take off on YouTube. And a lot of times it might be the video that you weren't expecting to take off become the video that takes off. One of our videos for Parent Pacifier, the one video that is driving all of our views and all of our subscribers right now is a video we posted in February of 2018. It was 10 tips to help your congested baby breathe. And we posted it. And between posting it in February and October 2018, we had about 300 views. So I was like, all right, well, we've got a couple others with a couple thousand views. So I was like, oh, that video wasn't so good. I guess, you know, we won't do anything more like that. About November 2018, that video YouTube started suggesting to people, you know, so what would be is there would be a video, other videos that would go out and your video would show up and suggested next to their video. This is the most powerful uh, traffic driving force on YouTube is suggested video. And once it hit suggested, right around the time when babies started to get sick and started to get congested, that video blew up in views. Suddenly I would wake up like, where am I getting these subscribers from? Where am I getting these views from? That video that had 300 views for like seven months now has nearly 300,000 views and has grown up that I wouldn't say single-handedly because we do have a couple of others that are driving them through search and different things. Um, but that one video alone has grown our channels like 7,000 subscribers from that point. And been very powerful. I wouldn't have never thought that that would have been the video. In fact, I wasn't totally happy with it. I didn't like the way I shot it. I didn't like the way I sounded. Some things are just like, uh, it took forever to get to the point, you know, but it ended up being the video that's now driving a ton for us. That, that That's, you know, able to do that. Now I'm looking at like, all right, how can I make more videos like that? Which I wouldn't have thought that year that we produced it, but a year, two years, I guess close to three years later, it's like, um, you know, how are we, what can we do now to go back to it? So if I didn't get started, if I didn't just get that out, I wouldn't even be considering relaunching that channel. Um, so that's where it's like just getting started and just doing that. If you're really uncomfortable though, get started with something like Instagram live, do something where you can get used to being in front of people. It, it comes and goes away. You don't have to worry about it being around forever. If you feel really uncomfortable, but just getting started doing some simple things and start to learn how to create a thumbnail or have a thumbnail created and how to write your descriptions, it takes the doing to really learn how to do it. If you try to wait until you've learned every single bit of that, it, it, there's going to be so many things that come up that you won't see. Uh, so I would say just get started, start putting something out and seeing what happens, seeing how the response is, looking at the analytics, which is the most important part of YouTube is being is the amount of analytics you get that you don't get on any other platform. You could see how long people are watching for. You could see how how the percentage of them clicking on your video, how that looks. These are all things that could drive um, your decisions for future thumbnails, your decisions for future videos, and how you should make those. Great advice once again. So Parent Pacifier has has is now moving um, from youtube into a podcast right is that what's happening with that so we're starting a podcast it's called working home parents so it's it's it is a, still about parenting but we are kind of 
talking more about for parents who work from home. So whether you have new kids or you ha- your kids are a little older, it's, it still applies. It's more about working from home. Now, it is going into parenting advice. We are interviewing parent experts, which is fun for us because YouTube is not necessarily a conversational platform. It can be. It really depends on your niche and what you do. But I like about podcasts like what we're doing right here. It's like we can just have a conversation. It's like we're having a coffee at a coffee house and having a conversation about this stuff. Um, where YouTube, if that is your content, then that's your content. And, and there's a lot of people that make that work, right? But where uh, for us, Parent Pacifier is not really a conversational video piece. It's more of you're creating this you know, very direct kind of video. So this is a little bit more conversational and we, want, we could be able to talk more about some different things like working from home, bi- business, side hustling, uh, along with parenting and screen addiction and sleeping and all this different stuff. So that's kind of the, the we're able to have two different takes now and uh, what we do. Um, and with the relaunch with the, the Parent Pacifier, we're going to do a couple of different things like testing parent hacks and stuff that we haven't done before. So it'll be a little bit more fun. Oh, that's great. So when does that launch? So the podcast launches um, uh, tomorrow from our recording, but it launches on uh, September 22nd. So the podcast will, will be out. Um, and the YouTube channel, we don't have a set day, but it'll probably be sometime October, uh, November when we start getting new new content out. Brilliant. I look forward to checking that out. Cool. So how can um, how can businesses use video effectively in a kind of, in this, well, we're not in a post-COVID world. In this, in this current climate, and perhaps yeah. when we do come out of this, I mean, how how do you think it's how do you think they can use it effectively when it's not as easy to shoot? I mean, obviously, using um, content that they've they've created already is is one area. Um, yeah, how do you see it kind of changing? you know, going forward, businesses and video? I believe it's, I mean, it was always necessary. Just a lot of people didn't, weren't ready to start using it, weren't ready to change, you know, um, habits that it takes. Because it takes work, it takes effort, takes getting over the fear of doing it, right? That's all hard things. It's legit things that we all kind of have is that there is this, you know, thing in our head, sort of like what I was just talking about for me. It was like, but there's this thing in our head when it comes to video that, okay, I it's hard to do. But people respond to real and raw. We are flooded all the time with very fancy looking ads, very expensive looking movies and TV and video and all of this stuff everywhere. Um, but because we know that it's so fancy, we assume that, all right, well, that's fake or it's trying to sell me something or whatever. But when we see something that's raw and real, like someone's just on their phone on a live, you know, Instagram live or doing stories or something like that, those can be just as effective as paying a videographer thousands of dollars to shoot a video for you. And I say that as someone who is from the film world and someone who gets paid to do video um, I'm not worried about that taking away from what I do because, hey, this is what is effective. It is better to get stuff out there and get started, create excitement and be real because people respond to it because they feel it feels real. It feels like something they can do. It feels like a friend, right? Um, so 
if you're a business, whatever it is, brick and mortar, or you have a business online, if you just kind of get into that mode of pick up your phone and post some kind of video that shows you in the moment, shows it's real. Like think about a restaurant or something, right? We've got stuff going on. We're, we are open. We're alive. We're, we're here. You posting that video keeps reminding people like, hey, you're open. You've got this stuff. If you work, you know, from home in a, you know, in a space or whatever, you can still pick up your phone and show like, here's the work that we're doing because people might not know. You've got the opportunity to stay top of mind by posting by getting getting video content out there but you don't have to have a fancy camera you don't have to have a big you know expensive set and lights and all of this stuff the, this is the way i like to tell people to get started too if you want to start with something like live or even if it's not live and it's just recorded go stand in front of a window that you have at your home or your office wherever you are best on an overcast day right and put up a stack of books and put your phone on top of that stack of books so that it reaches to your head so that your eyes are even with the lens of your camera. And that's some of the best lighting that you're going to ever have. If you're in a dark basement or something, that's going to be hard. But you do it that way. Now you don't need to have lights. You're using your camera. You're using what you have. And you're able to post something out in the same day. right? And you're able to go from idea to posted video uh, within a quick amount of time without needing all of that crazy equipment. And a lot of people respond to that really well. It's just getting it started. And as you get started, you'll start to see what people are saying, see how people are responding to it or how they're not responding to it. And that's where you can figure out, all right, where do I need to shift? Don't just try to be like someone else. It's just how can you try to shift and and change based on how your audience or your prospects or customers are responding to that video. Cool, good advice. Yeah, natural light, nicely diffused with a bit of overcast. Always yes. good. Um, that's that's probably the most comfortable I feel. I think if if I go to a window and I'm kind of just talking with my arm out, you know, yeah. with the phone arm. What's uh, what are your kind of your productivity tools and tips that you have um, that you practice of a day? Because it's it's tough working for yourself, you know. It's it's tough running your own yeah. business. Um, is there anything that you do every day? And I've been actually doing the the Pomodoro method, which is you know uh, I don't I don't do it the twenty five minutes and ten minutes. What I've been doing is a forty two minute session with an eighteen minute break. So I'll do like four of those back to back if I can do them back to back. Obviously, I can get interrupted with a three year old, but um, I'll do like forty two minutes focused work. And then I'll get myself 18 minutes to get up, walk around and do whatever I need to do in there. So if I need to go, you know, and help with, uh, you know, a shower or do different things like that, I could do that in the 18 minutes and then I could get back and I'll set timers. That'll do it. I've been using this app noisily. I think it's called N O S L I. I think something like that could be wrong. Um, it's not as easy when I'm actually editing. So if I'm not, if I, if I'm doing editing, I don't always listen to it, but it could play like, different kinds of sounds in your background or in your headphones or whatever. So it'd be like uh, like a fire pit sound with like crickets or something or a train and like a fan. You know, you can mix all these different sounds together and it'll play it for the duration of your 42 minutes and then it'll swap over to like a relaxing sounds for 18 minutes. And then there'll be this little like ticker bell to kind of signal to go back. Uh, that's That's been really great because I've, have this like force of the, all right, 42 minutes, this one goal needs to get done. 
Uh, it's a little easier than like the 25 minute of the actual Pomodoro method. And then, but it's still, that's a full hour of work with, I know I have built in rest. It's so. a good tip and very specific times as well. So what, yeah. <laughs> what does the two, the extra two minutes or the, or the, you know, the extra two minutes from 40, what does that give you? It's quite interesting why you chose that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I doesn't really matter i think so it's just not a full 20 seconds of rest it kind of feels like you're given a, a really full amount of time into the work um yet you still feel like there's enough time because i feel like if you did 45 minutes and it's only 15 minutes of rest it doesn't feel like it's i think it's just more psychological of like oh, okay you know i don't um 15 minutes kind of feels like oh i gotta rush now my rush time if i gotta p- get up and do things where maybe 18 minutes feels like, oh, I've got myself a little bit more time, but I'm not giving myself 20 minutes of time that I'm taking away from this. I, I don't know if it really does anything. Um, it's kind of what was suggested in the the mastery journal that I was using. Um, but, you know, it, it works. It could be any period of time, really. could be 30 minutes and 30 minutes. You know, it could be uh, 50 minutes and 10, but that would kind of be uh, a little hard to, if you're going to do 15 minute sessions and do four of those back to back. You don't get that full, uh, that, that amount of rest time to get away from a screen or something. I've done it too, where it's like, even in the 18 minutes, I'll just pick up one of these books. I've got a whole bunch of books behind me and start reading those. Cause I found it's especially running my own business. I'm not commuting. I'm not listening to as many podcasts. I'm not reading as many books because I just feel like, oh, I can't waste that time. But if I build in specific rest times, I could look away from a screen and then maybe actually read a book and actually read like a chapter uh, in there. And it'll help refresh my mind from just constantly looking at video and looking at a screen. That's a really good point, actually. I think, uh, well, well explained. And and I agree, probably psychological. I, I would say 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. Well, how much time have you got? to do to do anything you know but 18 minutes yeah i see that what uh do you have any kind of good marketing tips for uh businesses or business owners out there which obviously use video sure well i mean i you know with the theme of repurposing (laughs) uh the way i would i would think about this is if you're creating video you want to send someone to your email list to get them on your email list you create a long form YouTube video where you're giving like five tips on, you know, let's say just for me, five tips on repurposing your video. And I know that ultimately the goal of this is to get people to join my email list and giving them some free giveaway. What I could do in my process of planning that video, whether it's a live video or recorded video, whatever it is, is to plan in what are the bits that we can repurpose ahead of time. And how can we then use those to also drive people to our email list, right? Because you could have that one big video and you could drive people to that big video, but also you can now use this to not only have that one video that maybe goes to YouTube that drives people to your email list forever, but you could get videos that could get posted on Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook and XYZ uh, on social media. And those are videos you could repost. Like you're not gonna post the same video on YouTube twice, because you don't need to. It's, I don't even think it goes with their rules. But you could post the same video up on Facebook or any of these others after a couple of months because people forget about it or other people are going to see it, right? And now you've got opportunity to have this, this content that you can use to drive people to your email list. And maybe tip number five of your four tips 
is the one that drives people to your email list. Well, you could pull out that one tip. So make sure you plan to say it in a way that it doesn't necessarily need the whole rest of the video to fit in its context. And you could pull it out and maybe you put a little like headline on the video. If you've ever seen any Gary V videos, that's the one that everyone always knows where it's like you got this headline, some captions, a little progress bar that goes across the video to tell you how long the video is going to be. Usually if it's a minute, it goes by pretty quick. So more people will watch it. And if you say, hey, there's a, you could write in there like link in the comments or something to join the email list or to get my, to get this free guide. Um, Now you've just got a a few more opportunities of people being able to have something that's shareable. Maybe you write tag your friend in something. Uh, You can't do that on YouTube. You can tell people to share it, but on Facebook and others, you could say tag a friend in this, in this comment. Now you've got opportunity to, to get more in front of people, get people on your email list, whatever sale that you have coming up. Um, you know, we've got Black Friday coming up, you know, then that and Cyber Monday weekend or whatever it is, all that kind of stuff. You know, maybe you've got videos that are already out that talk about your product and you're having a sale. Well, if you pull out a little segment of that and just have some kind of verbiage on there that says we've got a sale coming up, now you've got a, this video you didn't have to go and create because you've already pulled it from one of your other videos that you have already. You just had to add on this little extra thing. Now you're driving potentially new people or more people, you know, to your sale or to your email list. Well, I think that's definitely um, more than one uh, marketing tip there. So thanks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> sorry. That's the whole. That's the whole ecosystem. Um, yeah. All right. So it brings us into the scrub forward round. Okay. So if you don't want to answer, just say scrub. Uh, video nasty. What's the worst habit that you see people practice in video? <laughs> Can I say video editors not looking at the video after it's been rendered out or exported and they send it to the client and it's not <laughs> something's wrong because you didn't watch it after you exported it. Always, always watch your videos after you export out of your uh, whatever editor you're using. It's great. Yeah. VR, AR or mixed R. <laughs> um. I've not had as much experience with VR. I really like AR games. So, Cool. Yeah. So AR. Yeah. Uh, what techniques and software? Who, If you're just getting started, do not worry about using expensive software. I use Premiere, but it's, uh, you know, but you're kind of in it. <laughs> so it's stuck. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm an Adobe person because I feel like I have to be. <laughs> not because I necessarily love it. Uh, but it is an amazing, amazing software. So the whole Adobe suite is amazing altogether. Um, I just wish they would fix bugs. <laughs> Play, pause, stop. One thing you always do, one thing you sometimes do, and one thing you should never do. One thing you should always do is um, plan. You know, have some kind of guide, have some kind of written. If you don't have a script, have some something written. Don't just kind of wing it. Uh, the video that you want to make is you know, just make sure you have, know where you're going, right, with it. Even if you don't have a full plan, just know where is this going to go. Give us one secret repurposing or video tip. Always, always put in, in the in the big, the main videos you're going to create, always ask questions because then you can use them as the call to action at the end of your bite-sized videos. So you could call someone to comment 
by asking a question that just in the name regular video just sounds like you're asking a question, but you can now use this in your bite-sized content to drive people to the comments, which is the most important, one of the most important things in uh, on social media video. That's great. Um, And what's next for brands and video? If anything, this time this this uh this year <laughs> of of a pandemic year for the world you got to know where people are at where you're the people you are talking to are at and you don't want to put something out that's not empathetic to what people might be feeling um so always be cautious of that but be putting out as real a content as you can because that's exactly what people respond to cool and what's next for you, Dan? Well, I've got a podcast and and more parenting stuff. So it's not it's not video, but you know it it's enjoyable for me because it's it's where I'm at, and I could speak to you know other parents and um yeah, and and I'm helping video editors too, helping video editors get clients, and you know helping fellow video creators, video editors create some extra side income and how they can market themselves. You know, not a lot of people who do video like video editors and stuff are creating our own content to draw our own um, prospects in. And yet that's the very thing we should be doing. So I want to be able to help other video people do that themselves. Great. Um, Cool. Well, thanks, Dan. How do people connect with you? So I am, you could Send me a message on Instagram, Daniel Patrick Norton at Daniel Patrick Norton. DanielPatrickNorton.com is my website. Uh, some things are still being worked on over there, so you might it might not be perfect when you land on it. But that's you'll be able to probably find all the different ways to get in touch with me. Or LinkedIn is another place that I spend a lot of time. So if you shoot me a message over there, uh, that should also be Daniel Patrick Norton. And if you're a if you're a business, you can get your repurposing your video content. Um, yeah. Is it an ebook or something? Yeah, it's a, a PDF, repurposevideo.com. Uh, it should work. Should get it, but <laughs> make sure it's all working. Cool. Well, thanks, Dan. It's been an uh, absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, there's loads of things I'm sure people should now go off and do, you know, for their business. Yes. Embrace that video. Um, yeah, it's been a total pleasure. Thanks for your time. And I look forward to listening to the podcast. Yes. Yep. Looking forward to it as well. Cool. All right. Well, good luck with it. Take care. Thank you. Cheers. Too. Well, huge thanks to Dan for being my guest on this week's podcast. Um, If you'd like to keep these episodes coming in, please subscribe. And if you have time, just leave a review if you like what you hear. Uh, thanks so much for listening it's been good to have your company Um, hope to see you next time um, for another interview if you'd like to drop me a line or connect um, i'm on instagram at video talks podcast or andy.greenhouse and shoot me a a dm about you know what you want to hear on here because it's about you know the audience and and what you want is not just about me talking to people about their kind of origin stories and um, their video knowledge. So, so let me know um, who you want to talk to, or the stories that you want to hear, and we'll try and sort it out. Um, as I say, please subscribe um, and connect if you want to. So it's been great having you along for 
today's ride, if that is the right thing to say. Um, and I'll see you on the next one. Cheers. Cheers.